Hello Nomads, welcome to episode 120 of the Nomads of Fantasy podcast. My name is Brandon, I am your cartographer, can I be a cartographer? <laughs> I'm your host, but uh, I am not alone. Usually when I'm surveying the world around me, I bring a couple people with me. Uh, this time I brought, uh, well as usual, Dave. You can't use an old warp map. To explore a new world. Albert Einstein. Oh. He, he knows what's up. Yeah. yeah, he knew some things. And Eric. The great cartographer Jonas Irving once said, What is a map but a journey to the soul? <laughs> I just completely made that shit up. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. <laughs> that is a journey. Holy shit. <clears throat> it's a tricky one to, to talk about maps but yeah that's that's what this episode's about um we're talking about specifically video game maps more specifically video game map menus i think that's the proper yes the label in, that we they probably use the in in-game the ui the actual map you're using to navigate your way through the world the ui yeah, ties I'll, in there too yeah for sure, it's part of it. We'll be we'll be touching on some mini maps and UI elements and all that stuff, um, the, the experience and, and so forth with these maps and games. But yeah, we're not talking about the map that you're walking around in the game or jumping around on. Not that. It's when you're like, where do I go next? Where have I been? Where am I? You know, how big is this game? You pull up a map. Uh, you pull up a map, and that's what we're talking about specifically. Some and, are much better than others. It's it's sad to say. Some are like, very well designed. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Some detract, some enhance. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it's a, a very overlooked element. It's something that we all use, but we don't really talk about enough. And I had to, well, I had to go online and fi- kind of find some articles or videos or anything like that to talk about this stuff. So I found a good one. I want to do a shout out to <clears throat> Didi Satzinger. I hope I said that right. Um, they wrote an excellent article uh for usa today.com so yeah if you type uh video game maps usa today you will come across this article that dd wrote the uh, and it the... really goes in, in depth oh sorry I, I just wanted to bring up the actual uh title of the um article just to just to give that shout out it is called the joy of video game maps as a world building device mm. hmm What's great about finding this article is, <clears throat> so this person, they they are like a creative, they're like an, an art director or a designer, and they worked specifically on uh, the map for Soma. So a couple episodes back for our horror video game, indie video game episode, Eric, one of Eric's picks was Soma, S-O-M-A. And do you remember the map in that game? It's interesting because... Uh, they even say in the article that the map isn't meant to help you navigate around the game world. You just you find these maps around and you can look at them, but they're not. You don't take it with you. You know they're just in the environment, and oh. you can get a sort of a layout of the area that you're in. But I don't think I ever actually saw one of those, or maybe I just missed it and didn't stop to look at it. Yeah, because I actually don't remember ever looking at a map in that game. Okay. But it's just interesting that it's part of the in-game world, and it's something you can look at that might help you, but it's also something that you can completely miss. 
well, like games use maps completely differently. Like something like Soma might have like general things where like you know there's a house over here, house over there, but a lot of them it's like a balance of like whether the game wants you to like visually know where you are or if you're just looking for like the next icon to go pick up something or you know right it, it, there's a lot of different ways that they are used they have a big role in the games we play in like especially these days you know back in the day you didn't really see maps too much but over time as technology got better you you know you you saw them being added and as these games get so big yeah there's just so much that you kind of need a map to kind of show just how big this game world is that you're going to be exploring but let's before we get ahead of ourselves um one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about video game maps is if you follow the show uh you know that we made a little side project it was a little fun game i kind of created on twitter where I was taking screenshots of video game maps, and then I would ask people to like, you know, I don't know, like guess the map, and then I would zoom out more, and keep, and I kept doing that, and I go to Eric and Dave, and I go like, hey guys, why don't we make a game? And we did, so we designed a little website called whatmapgame.com, and you're just trying to guess. Yeah, Eric is pulling up. So there's a visual component to this episode. If you are listening to it, we encourage you to check the YouTube. But don't worry, we're not going to go so full uh, video and visual on this one. We will talk through a lot of this stuff, but yes, it'll be please. the uh, more I, enhanced. This is, I mean, I, I do the video production for our episodes, and I don't, you know, I have some effort put into it. But this one is more <laughs> effort than usual, getting all, you know, gathering all the maps that we're going to talk about together, um, making a new layout and everything. So youtube.com slash at nomads of fantasy to check out the video version i yeah like brandon said i pulled up our the actual uh website for whatmapgame.com um but yeah this was sort of the inspiration of why we wanted to talk about video game maps and what makes them so special and how they can be integral to uh you know every video game so we're not big on maps or anything like that. It's not like we have any attachment to that. It's just something that we've kind of found ourselves liking. And I think maybe because, well, you know, the, the the name of the podcast is Nomads of Fantasy. And it's not too far to think like, hey, you know, maps, you explore, you go check out all these different worlds. You're going to need a map of something like that. So I think maybe we're just noticing the role of a map in the at least the video games that we're playing in them. Yeah, it's a fun topic. Not a lot of content out there, so we've had this conversation a couple of times. Like while we're like playing something multiplayer or whatever, like just appreciating little things. Like you know, we I we always have that conversation where like you run down a hallway and somebody worked for like two or three weeks on that hallway and you just run through it and you never see it again and you just like taking time to like stop and appreciate the things that people make, the work that and uh, you right. know, the creativity that goes into you know, game UI, game maps, all that kind of stuff. It's something that gets kind of glossed over a lot of times. And a good, I mean, we'll get into this, but a good map is, you know, something that you might not even, you might take for granted and you might not notice um, if it's designed well enough. So, but we'll get into all that. That's usually the case, right? If a a designer does a really good job, you don't notice it. Exactly. Um, But yeah, this episode is for lovers and makers of the video game maps. This one's for you. And um, I think before we wrap up the first act here and get into the full conversation, Dave, what is coming up next on the show? Well, is it the Goonies? Funny, yeah. Is it the Goonies? We're taking a a little (laughs) break for Thanksgiving to give thanks for all the games that we play. But 
Uh, the week after that, we will be uh, watching and talking about the Goonies, uh, which I'm excited for because I've never, I mean, I've seen it a hundred times. Eric's never seen it. Brandon, never seen the, the Goonies, no. You're, yeah, so I think this is going to be an interesting one to chat about. Like, I mean, there's so many little things that have been burned into my brain about this movie, um, but. Um, there's a pretty badass map in that one, too, right? Looking yeah, the one-eyed Willie treasure. Right? Yeah, map, I know right? about the treasure map. Don't that's go too about, far. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was a map. Yeah, okay. All right. no. uh, yeah, some maps. And then the week after that, we'll do be doing our catch up for November, talking about what we played and seen, um, all sorts of stuff going on and games coming out this year. Uh, and then for our holiday episode to close out the year, we're gonna be watching the holiday classic of Gremlins, which I haven't seen in a long time. Um, it's been a while. For me too. So. I remember trying to watch it for thinking that it was a Halloween movie because it's Gremlins, and then it's definitely, definitely a Christmas movie. So um, yeah, it's probably one of the ones so, you can make the argument for, like, oh, it takes place during Christmas, but is it a Christmas movie? I mean, I don't know. There's people dressed up as Christmas trees in it, you know, <laughs> like scenes take place on a Christmas tree lot. So yes, it, it, absolutely, it's more Christmas movie um, than Die Hard. How's that? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. For sure. I guess I have, like I said, I, I haven't seen it in a while, movie. so I don't remember all the the Christmas stuff. But I'm excited yeah. to watch it again. Okay. Yeah. It's nice. just a fun movie. Yeah. That'll close um, out our year. Okay. So, um, yeah, we got a couple of things coming up. So excited to get into these classics that we're going to be touching on. Yes. All right. All good stuff. So let's wrap up here, and when we come back, we'll be talking about video game maps. What map? What map? We are back, and I'm sure you got here because you had your map with you, so thanks. You can put that away for a little bit as we dig into video game maps, man. It's just... um. It sounds kind of dorky. It sounds like, why would you make an episode about this? But, you know, we were talking about how it's overlooked and, and all that. And Dave is kind of getting into this a little bit. But if you're playing a game that's kind of going away with icons everywhere and, like, you kind of have to role play a little bit and it's a little bit more immersive. So right now, Eric, this is actually hilarious. If you're watching the video version... Eric is streaming his computer screen as well as our beautiful faces, and you'll see all the tabs he's ha- he has open in his browser. It looks like oh, they like can't see that part, but there's a lot of them. I <laughs> oh, I hid okay. the I hid the tabs part just to give an illusion oh, that I'm doing something fancy in funny. the background. Ooh. Oh, oh, well, pulling me. up a spot. Um, but yes, yeah, I, I have a lot of tabs open with different various map images. But the one that you have open right now is so dear to my heart. Um, it's a good one to start on. Firewatch. Yes. So when I played that game, and if you haven't played that game, I don't think we're going to spoil anything here, but like the guy is out in the wilderness um, in like, I don't know, in the 80s, right? So to get around the area, he has to have a map. And it's a very basic game. It's really just like a, it's like a walking simulator. It's a walking simulator. Don't yeah. call it a walking simulator. That's I feel like I feel like walking simulator has a bad connotation. It's gained yes. a bad reputation, but it's not. 
I love walking. I love that. So I, I do too. Person narrative game. That's what I've. First person calling. narrative walking simulator. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to say, it was my fir- it was my first right of that uh-huh. genre, and when uh-huh. I'm, so and everything at that point was familiar. But when they told me to like go to this location, they said pull up my map or you get the map or whatever. I was I like smiled. I was like filled with joy with this game mechanic where instead of me hitting select or hitting up or Y or whatever, and then like a screen pops up over my first person view and shows me like a map, a 2D map. But I love that the character's hands, his left hand's holding the map and his right hand has a fucking compass in it. And it's you, that's how you navigate. You have to look around and, and I just think... I think that is a great way of world building, storytelling, and feeling like you are that character. Yeah, Absolutely. it keeps you immersed in the environment. It doesn't like break you out like you're going to a, another screen. And at the same time, it kind of keeps your brain like engaged in the environment that you're in, rather than just mm-hmm. like looking at hitting the next a pause screen or you know highlighting highlighting the next up pickup menu. that you want to pick up, and then running in a it. straight line towards the next collectible that you got to get, which is kind of annoying the way that games do that these days can we drop the uh i feel like this word is overused but you know it's it's become uh big in the nomenclature for video games is diegetic diegetic ui this idea that something is in something that you're interacting with in the user interface is actually existing in the game world which is Mm. this example that we see here with firewatch you know when you pull up your map screen you hit the button it, like Brandon said, he's holding a physical map and he also has a compass in his other hand to orient yourself in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, normally you would hit the pause screen and it would bring up a, you know, pause the game, right. take you completely out of the game itself, bring up a separate menu, and then you're scrolling around a map looking where you go. But like, do you, have, do you have the diegetic last of us UAs, over there? Yes. That is another great example of diegetic UI. Um, and I think it's used really well. Naughty Dog kind of started doing it with the the Uncharted games, where they were having Drake pull open his like little Indiana Jones Journal. like yeah, notebook, yeah, his notebook. and yep. you would flip through the yeah. pages to kind of figure out like what the puzzles do. They did too, yeah, yeah. I love that. There's, it's I'm a I'm such a sucker for that. Does uh Red Dead? No, they don't have. It. He just has a journal in that. That's not the same. He had. There's a regular map in in Red Dead too, but there's also the journal separate from the. But episode. I mean, Red Dead did something that not a lot of other games do as well. Is they give you options, and we're going to talk about UI a little bit. But for instead of having like a little mini map in the corner, um, you can you know you can pull up the regular map and you know highlight a place that you want to go to, and normally you just yeah. follow the roads. But you can get rid of the mini map and just put a little compass at the top where it's not showing you a map of the screen. You just have a compass at the top of the screen that just tells you what general direction to head in, which is also yeah. a nice thing to kind of keep you in the game world, I thought. Yeah, it, 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 it's tough with the... Just to expand on Dave's point a little bit, it's tough with the mini-maps. I mean, mini-maps are part of map UI. It's not the main map screen, but you can get into trouble with a mini-map where you are just constantly staring at that instead Mm -hmm. of looking at the game itself. Because you have, especially with, like, GTA games and, yeah, Red Dead, you're looking at that mini-map, it shows you that where, you know, it's leading you to the next quest marker, and that's exactly what you're looking at. You're not actually looking at what's happening in the game. 
So Do you remember Halo's minimap was pretty cool? It yeah. just shows you where the sound or whatever the vibrations are coming from. They're just little dots. And you can see that where, where they are relative to you, but you do not see the world environment at all in that minimap. So that is a really good point. In that universe, it makes sense because the minimap yeah. in Chief's visor, that's probably what it would look like. It's like a sonar radar thing. So, I mean, yeah. you don't think of that as something diegetic, but everything like in a Halo game, I think everything that you're seeing on screen is... Things that are well, yeah, the apparent ammo on, and the assault rifle. Yeah, they're on you know yeah, it's chief's, like... chief's visor. Yeah, so. yeah, or it's on the visor. Yeah, exactly. Even how they warp the screen a little bit when you play Halo games. If you take the time to look at around the the HUD, the the screen, you'll see that it's kind of like his visor. Yep. Um So yeah, that's cool that their mini maps did that. And mini maps are great, and but they can also be bad. Same with maps. Like they can take you in and out. And I think when when we were talking about like Last of Us or um, Firewatch. They made that decision. It's like, no, 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 no. We want to do this. And and, and I wonder why other games don't do it. And it, it's kind of hard. But I was going to say earlier, Ubisoft, man, their name, you can't talk about maps and, and all this stuff and direction and where to go without Ubisoft because it's it's weird. It's funny. As I was researching this, which researching this is fun. You you hop in and out of a lot of games real quick and just hit that button and see the map. But um. Ubisoft, they make really beautiful maps, worlds, like the world. Like when you pull the map up, right? Um, any of the Assassin's Creed games, uh, Firewatch, uh, Firewatch um, uh, Far Cry, those maps are actually really well designed. And I love how they're 3D and I can move around and all that stuff. But they ruin it by putting all these icons all over the place. And it gets very distracting. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of, it, it's, and it's, it's to the point where you don't have that sense of exploration where I think when I look at um, Legend of Zelda, like the Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, like I've earned every icon on that map. I feel it's different. Like I just feel like it wanted me to explore it. And I wasn't ever, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm on a tangent yes. here. No, but like, I know exactly what you're saying. What I'm saying with this? With the, yeah, with the Ubisoft game, I, I have to take, dave's term that he uses all the time it's he should coin it it's icon vomit i don't think it's my term but it's It's such a good term to describe exactly what brandon's talking about because you do you just get this smattering of icons on your map and it's like it's almost like paralysis because you don't know which icon to go to next like there's your main mission marker Oh, there's a side mission where you can fucking like Far Cry Five, wrangle some pigs and fuck, you know, just get a do a little side activity or like shoot these do you know do an outpost. Um, it's all Far Cry is all about doing it's outposts. Like constant hand holding, hand holding, you know? yeah. and it's like content overload. There's just too much going on. You don't know which direction to go, um, and I think that's where the the icons on the map hurt you because. You know, I feel like you just pick the closest icon, go there. You're not really exploring. You're just you're following no. a you're following a marker on a map from point to point, and it doesn't feel like you're learning the world or learning the space. You're just yeah going from you're just going from in point a straight line, exactly like straight line right there. Yeah. And the map that you have up now um, for Zelda is super nice because you can kind of see like 
based off of like the shrines that you found, you can see what holes you have in your map exactly. and places that yeah, you need that. to oh, go totally. to, like to go Which explore. Skyrim does have that same, yes. But also at the same time, like you can add your own pins to the map. So if you see something in the so distance, smart. you can you know mark it with something. Which I and use. Know that you have to come back. It's it's. The I best. use it all like, the time because it's like, especially if it's like, like, how do I get to that? That like if 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 I know it's a boss that I can't beat right now that I want to come back to. Um, I'll make I'll make a I'll pin it. Oh, okay. Like those I forgot what they're called yeah. the the three headed flying dragons in Tears of the Kingdom. Like I know if I yeah I yeah I know if I forgot the exact name for them, but I know if I come back to them at a later point when I'm stronger, I'll get a cool reward. Or like I know there's something in this town that I want to go to. Like somebody in a different town says, "Hey, you know, go talk to this person in this town." So I'll put a I might not have a specific quest marker for that but i'll i'll put a little pin on the the town that i want to go back to later so i think that pin system is like so innovative and unique and something we haven't really seen in maps until uh breath of the wild they're called gliox gliox that's the one yes but zelda is nice because you have the binoculars and you can see stuff that's way off in the distance and just mark it and then you know you may not have time to run all the way over there, so you, know, exactly. you mark it and you just. Especially in Tears of the Kingdom, because in Tears of the Kingdom you're much more vertical, airborne. So like you're flying through the air, you're looking out at the horizon. You pull up your binoculars, you pin something in the distance, either whether it's a shrine or when we were going through those uh, those fucking hieroglyphs, whatever they're called, the things yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. i would that's see that's what i would always marking those yeah see those in the distance mark it for later i'm like okay i know i gotta i know i gotta head there next so there's a great balance in the gameplay i think with tears of the kingdom breath of the wild i'm sure but i played way more of tears of the kingdom where the way i'm using the map i feel like that's how you would use the map i'm pulling it up and i'm not doing it out of frustration no i'm just doing it like okay where can i go next where haven't i been like you said dave like i can look at this map and say i haven't really explored that area let's go there mm-hmm. there's gonna be tons of shit there's bound to be a shrine there or something you know so skyrim does good. that you know really well too skyrim um, does that very well you yeah. don't have yes. like all the map marking but you do see like the empty holes in your map but and that kind of I, Skyrim has oh my god look at all those icons that that makes right, me that's vomit vi- icon bit. vomit right yes. now because everything's been discovered I think that's like an <laughs> achievement but it doesn't start off like that Ubisoft starts like this I love Skyrim it's probably as re- I regard it as one of my favorite games of all time I don't like the map um, I don't oh, think really? it's I don't think it's a good map functional overworld is decent uh, but- yeah. Like the, you get into the location maps, and those are horrible. Those Fallout too. has the same problem. They yeah. don't show you... Yeah, this was this is something I wanted to bring up as well. There's the idea of an area map where it just... It gives you a lay of the land of a specific area you're in, but it doesn't show you exactly where you are in that area. I don't know... Mm. Are you... How do you guys I've feel about that? I've that before. Like, would you rather it have it... It depends sh- on the game. Right. Like I guess a game like Skyrim, would you rather have it show you your exact point location on the map or just a general layout of the area that you're in? I feel like with Skyrim, you explore the same areas so much that you get to know the area. And I I barely ever use those like area maps in Skyrim. I only use the overworld map. Um, but the I mean the, yeah same the overworld map again is nice to look at it's cool that it's an actual in-game rendering of the entire world but 
I don't think it's all right. that useful in navigating. It's more just I would pull it up when I need to fast travel or go somewhere. I don't I never used it to like, oh, I need to get to this point, you know. So But that was older and like that I think inspired a lot of the games after it. And I think Tears of the Kingdom I think was inspired by Skyrim just in general. And then they just like totally evolved the the whole exploration. But I just think that there's a beautiful balance with it. Another thing, a late breaking thing that I was thinking of right before we did this episode um that's very similar to this actually is battle royale maps so mm. if you played PUBG or call of duty or fortnite and you're out there with your squad or whatever you got to communicate where you're gonna go where you're gonna land and i know eric you, out of all your 50 tabs open you don't have probably uh, one battle royale <laughs> game but, i don't but that is gonna the, the use map. of a map in that those games is extremely because you need to know where the circle is and it's you're always in those maps so right i think a lot of call of duty fans and fortnite and PUBG fans are very intimate with those maps and those in-game maps that they pop up you're running around those Crucial maps so so quickly and so often oh yeah you the water start tower to, yeah you start to know those specific landmarks like yeah. you know the junkyard yeah, yeah exactly. you know the area and you mark what part of it you're not marking like g- the general area like the entrance the back way you know whatever yeah so but i was just thinking about man like part of the the fun of those battle royale games is busting out the map and making your call like where are you gonna go and the use of the big circle closing in on you just you need to look at the map for it so it's just a great yeah. relationship of they- you playing and shooting people but then pulling it out and looking at it and making these smart decisions and i think that's one of the unsaid things about why battle royale is so popular is because of this beautiful relationship we have our, with our game map like even in those uh apex is it apex legends added in the ping system which lets you oh, share yeah. your mm-hmm share what location you want to go to without even having to pull up the map you just mm-hmm. ping you just point and ping and you know people can run exactly there which is i don't know in the in those battle royale games like things happen so fast and furious that sometimes you don't have time to pull up on the map you, well no that's more for big strategy you're talking more about like where are they shooting from over here? Where did that guy go? In there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's more you in know, the midst where, of where battle. Where should we hide or go to over here? Hey, there's a gun over. Like, those are for, like, very actionable things. But, like, when you're looking at, like, but what are we doing chess Where, we, like, where are we jumping is, out? What are our moves? Like, three moves from now. Where are we going? Fortnite actually you know? added a ping system, which, again, I mean, Apex was the, was the uh, pioneer of that for sure. But um, it's interesting how they inspire each other. Yeah. Yeah, they all inspire each other. I think the environments yeah. and the maps kind of lend. I don't. I think mostly, most of the time when you're doing like game design, you're probably coming up with the map first and figuring out the lay of the land, and then you kind of build the environments around the map. Um, a lot of those, it's kind of a, it's a give and take between you know, do you want to recognize like landmarks from, you know, just walking around in first person, or do you need to pull up the map and actually do it? Um, it's 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 an interesting back and forth with that. Um, I've been playing Spider Man lately, and I actually okay. just finished Spider Man, and that one it gets into the Ubisoft problem. That one, like over the course of the game, you end up it's not map vomit or icon vomit at first, but when you get towards the end of the game, 
it is absolutely icon vomit, which is kind of weird. But they also but there's always filters though. You can adjust yeah. that though. I mean, like, that's I think yeah. it's just like a level of accomplishment. I just want to know what I, at that point you're not you know like Eric said this before. You get to know these maps at, or these worlds after a while. If you've logged in sixty hours and you have nothing but icons, that's not the same thing as like somebody first starting the game though. That's true. in the beginning you don't have many, but as you you know go to certain levels, they start to unlock. Yeah, but I think that's why people pick on Ubisoft because it's always like they all kind of do it, but Ubisoft's really bad at doing the way they do it. Let's yeah. let's pull up the the bad one Eric had earlier. Uh, was it Horizon? Oh my uh, gosh, oh, Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn is Zero one Dawn, of the sorry. the worst uh, map. But they did everything else so well in that game, but yeah, like it's the colors and the scale of the icons are just so big. This map that we're looking at right now, like it's so hard to parse what the icons actually mean and a lot of them are, are just you? telling you right exactly i don't even like know where the, the player where icon are. is a lot of them are just telling you which like machines are mm-hmm. in the area and a lot of them are like the campfires which are your fast travel points um but like it's so hard to parse what is going on and i think that's where you can get into a lot of trouble like i i know that in this game it does lend itself to the game a bit because there might be a specific uh machine dinosaur that you're looking for where you need a specific part to craft a specific piece of gear or whatever and you want to know where that you know where that machine is but i feel like it would be i mean there and you can see at the bottom if you're watching the video version there is an option to filter these icons but like if this is the default state of the map it's just it's right. it's very hard to look at. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, you can't you can't hit people right away because there's you have to because it's also helping with the storytelling or at least here's what we expect you to do with this game that you probably just right. bought, right? Like, okay, I bought a game. You got this cool world. I can't wait to explore it. How are you going to kind of tease stuff? But also show me some of the key stone things I need to know or whatever. You it's know? so tough with an open world game too because there's so many different activities that you can do. Obviously, the game developers want you to know that hey, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. You know, there's all these different activities. They mm-hmm. want you to see the entire game. So I feel like they rely sometimes on just throwing all these icons at your map. Like hey, you can do you know these icons mean you can do this over here. Um, but it, you know, I feel like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom perfected that open world exploration formula for an, you know, for an open world game and discovering the side activities that you can do like organically, um, as you're exploring the world. So I think the map, a map should be used as a tool for exploration. It shouldn't be used just purely, um, going from point to point, you know, and, that's that's a lot of what these open world games are these days. Some games I think have I don't want to say they have bad maps on purpose, but they have specifically kind of convoluted maps. Um I was playing Control recently. Um I don't know if you have that one, Eric. Yes. That I've, one that it, game it's got me. Layers on top of layers, yes. which what is, what do they call it? It's like the something house. It's the I oldest house. The oldest house. It's <clears throat> it's supposed to be some kind of weird like labyrinthian kind of environment it makes sense because the the environment is always shifting mm-hmm. so one right. room might not be where it was before so yeah, I, which 
and and it's it's Bethesda has that thing where they have like layers on top of layers. They don't. It's not a 3D map, but you may be going down and underneath mm-hmm. the same place that you were it's before, but you do. can't yeah. tell from a top-down perspective. Well, Resident Evil, how, there there are a few games that do that Resident well. Evil does it, Resident Evil does it really well. Um, those are great, but I think there is, um, I don't want to say shitty on purpose, but uh, some games want you to learn more about your environment and actually learn your environment rather than rely on the map. Exactly. I think and that's, I agree with that. That's yeah. exactly what I did with Control, you know, taking your example, I feel like I barely ever use the actual map screen in control. Like mm-hmm. the oldest house is such a unique environment and every area in that environment is unique. So it was really easy to navigate where to go and the in-game like direction. So it's like, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, a fucking um, government building. So they have all these signs directing you where yes. to go. So like, oh, I That's need to go true, to the cafeteria. The so I, right. Helps. I just, I look at the signs that are pointing me towards the cafeteria. So the fast travel system they had in that too, is like, you go to like a certain point wherever mm-hmm. they had that technology where they're set up and there was like a big circle. And if you get in there, it's like, or just pick, just kind of scroll up and down, you know, where you want to go. Like you're going on an elevator or something like that. So it didn't, you didn't need to use the map. So Dave, that's right. a really good point. It's doing a lot of things. So you don't have to do that. And yeah, Eric, I love that point where like, just use the signs. Yeah. Just use the signs on the wall. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go to like research lab, just follow the signs. I think there's a few of those games. Bioshock did that. Yeah. Alien Isolation did that. Dead you know, there's ways really around good. the map too, for sure. Um, The relationship with the map rather. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I do want to bring up. Oh, and then I also think it, hold on, Rick, okay. before I forget this little thought here, but just again, just Tears of the Kingdom it has to show three maps. That's true. The sky map, the regular land map, and the depths. And the way you do it's it, fucking you just push up down. It's just go up and down between them. And, the, and then just like knowing that um, the, what do they call the, the roots? In the, in the, the light roots, yeah. In the depths. The, yeah. R- are roughly underneath the shrine yep. somewhere on the land or in the sky. That's and so just, smart. And I just found in the water with the rocks. And there's another one I discovered I won't ruin, but it was just like, man... It is so cool just seeing the relationship of how the underworld and the top world are. And it's just a great experience. So, again, I just cannot praise that game enough. Where you hit water in the regular world, in the underworld, they're usually just walls. where you It's can't an impassable right wall, past, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because you can look at the overworld map to kind of help you with the underworld map. And they kind of play off of each other in a very smart way there. Right, because if you see an island... Mm-hmm. In in Tears of the Kingdom on the regular land, and you're like, okay, if there's an island, that water is a perfect circle basically around, you know, in the underground. So how do we get in there? So that means on the island, there's probably some opening that right. you have to go through. Exactly. You know? So you got to figure that out through like the exploring the map and the, yeah, super so cool. smart, so well designed. Um, so- one of my one of my favorites that I do want to bring up, I mentioned it a little bit, was the. Resident yes. Evil, new Resident Evil maps. And this is specifically the, the RE2 map. Yeah, the remakes. They've stuck with this map style. Oh, okay. um, it's simple. It's clean. But what I love about it, simple and clean. <laughs> what I love about it is the color, the coloring system in the map. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Again, it's simple. If the room is red, you know there's something in that room that you haven't found yet. So, and if the room is, oh. if the room is blue, you've completely explored that room. There's nothing else in there to find. 
So like if you're missing a key oh. item or something that you haven't found yet, just look for a red room and like, okay, I know there's something in there that I missed I that I need to go that. back to. Um, and it's, you know, it's like I said, it's super simple. It shows you exactly where you are. It shows you what doors are locked. Like the red, the red doors are locked. You can't get into those yet. The blue ones you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a classic one I've seen before, but the red room is so, that's so clever. Yeah. They'll put icons for what key you need on the door. Sometimes it's like a clover key or something like that. Especially it's specific for this genre too. Like you can't put this map with, you know, a Castlevania game or something like that, but because the the survival horror kind of aspect of this is you're limited ammo you're running around this closed environment and you have to you know solve the puzzle within the environment so it the the design at this no sorry the design for this and the gameplay kind of link together so nicely that's all i wanted to get in there yes yeah absolutely yeah i completely agree um i I forgot what my point was going to be but I just wanted to say that I, that this map is so well designed, and with the Resident Evil games, like you were saying, there are multiple floors. So you can see in the example we're showing now, all the colored rooms are the floors on the or are the rooms on the current floor, but all like the grayed out rooms are ones on the you know floor beneath it. And you can change floors as well. It makes it easy to change floors, so you know exactly which floor you're looking at um, when you're looking at this screen, but. Very well designed. Eric, this is a great pick because there's indie games that do this that I really like. Um, Enter the Gungeon uh, comes to mind, but specifically I had Neon Abyss. Yeah, it's really like, a great it's game. Those, it's up. a 2D... Yeah, it's, it's just a 2D shooter. Um, it's a great game, little platformer, but the the it's so simple, but it just... Each screen, kind of like a Castlevania thing, I, I guess. I don't know. How, how do you explain this? But like each each screen that you play in when you leave it and you go to another screen that's like a cell i'll call it and that's mm-hmm. what it's a bunch of cells make up the the level but you know where the final boss is so you can go there whenever you're ready um but there's like the bonuses and the other things you can find and resources and shops and stuff like that um but it's a great way of getting in and getting out you know and it, it's very useful um but yeah just your example just made me think of those two indie games there are um, types of maps that I wanted to hit up on because um, it seems like video games in general fall into one of these. I, I made like five categories. There may be something that I'm not thinking of. Um, they have kind of like the the in-world maps, the diegetic ones that Eric was talking about um, that are, you know, you pull up, your hands are in front of your face, you're showing the map. Yeah. Um, there are 3D maps. Um, you have Jedi Survivor up here. Yes. And they do they do the same thing that Resident Evil does, where certain doors are a certain color, and if you can get into an area, you know the door will change colors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But they have a nice three D three D map. They vastly improved the map um, over Fallen Order. Oh, really? Jedi did. Survivor, yeah. yes. Oh, so it's yeah. really good. Yeah. So I and mean, this is the... in world too, because BB BB was it BB eight or no? What was the BD1. 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 Thank you. Mm-hmm. BB8's the other one. Yeah, BD1 shoots it out. He like projects Right. This it like is a technically diegetic. Very, yeah. Yes. Because it's like yeah. a hologram. Yeah. That's nice. Which, I mean, it fits in the world and it doesn't take you out of things. Like, it's something that you could see that person actually using. Right. But yeah, um, the, the coloring on this one, there's a lot more contrast in Jedi Survivor and it shows you the path of where you've been, which I think is a very underrated map feature that a lot of maps should okay. have. Like, it shows a line of, like, it doesn't, you know, 
it's it's only a certain amount back and like you can see in this image like the brighter the yellow line is the more recent you've been there so i think that's a really oh, no cool shit. feature see dude these map. little things I, I i love that these little so design good. yeah the design on these things is, is crazy but the, those 3d uh, maps i think are like they're there's very another nice one i found dave well, what's that uh of these 3d maps I'm, I'm working through the hogwarts legacy in oh. the that's so cool because like the whole draw of that game is is exploring the the area the castle I'm, I'm not even a potter fan and i'm like this is fucking dope but the the map is not the greatest but it's still fun to pull out that map and see it mm -hmm. you know low fully and, different you know, areas of the in. castle then, that you can go to yeah it's just right now it, it the game is very encouraging you to explore and talk to all the different professors or whatever and do these different things but also pulling up the map and like shooting around a little bit i get i gain like my um fast travel points and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i don't know i just i'm having a good time with that game and the map is a. Uh, I was thinking so about you, the map this wait you get yeah. the broom in that one and you can just start oh, zipping on a fucking broom everywhere it's fantastic okay yeah for sure what is this one is this this is, is the this overworld it? map on hogwarts so they oh have i haven't two, gotten that far yet they have two oh, wow, versions of the map um yeah, the map's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. But they have the overworld map with the with the different sections. You know, you got Hogsmeade and Hogwarts okay. and like Southern, you know, the uh, yeah, other yeah, yeah. areas um, on the island. But uh, the and then there's the actual location maps where you zoom in and like you were saying, you get the 3D version of Hogwarts and mm -hmm. Hogsmeade oh, okay. has. That's as far as I've gotten. I think so Hogsmeade cool. has a, a like a more traditional map. So like each area has a different map too, which is cool. No way. It okay. definitely that, lends itself well, to, to help you explore. Um, but no, running down the the types of maps, um, there are, you know, your standard 2D top-down. I think that's kind of like the default, like, we don't know what to fucking do with a map. Uh, let's just make <laughs> a 2D top-down. Like, do you have a Elden, like an Elden Ring? Do you have that one? Oh, that is yeah. an extremely okay. good top-down map. Beautiful. Because yeah. it it all looks hand drawn and it all kind of it does it all kind of lends itself to it fits like you with can the, see uh, where the world goes the fantasy theme of the game yes. too yeah and those sure. are I mean you don't get icon overload you just get your fast travel points and it kind of points you in the right direction to go but yep um the two D map and Elden Ring like GTA like everyone's got it like GTA Grand Rockstar the, uh, Grand, yeah the um oh, Red Dead Redemption Two is really good what mm -hmm. I like about this one is uh. Oh, is this Grand Theft Auto Five? This is five, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like this one. I, I not my I favorite. Always, like, it's got good things and bad things. Like, I like how they do the the you know the visual of the city, but it's over the gameplay and it's a kind like right now. I'm like, I have a heart, and then all the stuff on the right, that legend. There's so much just stuff. Clunky. So, but they're, they've always been clunky in general with their games as good as they are they're kind of clunky with things i think this is a good segue i don't want to i want to come back to the rest of the map types dave but yeah. a quick sidebar gta i think this is a bad use of it but it's interesting that gta 5 went with a fog of war type map which basically means which i like it only it reveals the map as you explore the world um, yeah. I think it's weird that GTA 5 did that, but in general, I I like that. Um, some yeah. other examples are like... I was going to say Red Dead Redemption 2 totally does that. Yeah, and I was thinking like Shadow of Mordor, oh, um, Shadow Mordor which I brought up I here. Yeah, those are yeah great games. And even uh, like games. the new uh, the God of War 2018 game does that as well. So you know which... Oh, I forgot about this map, man. Yeah. You know which areas you haven't explored yet um, so that, right. you know, 
I, I like I I'm a fan of the fog of war if it's used correctly. I don't Same. I don't think it's used correctly in GTA, but and it makes sense for like uh, you know Metroidvania games as well because yeah. you know exactly where that where you have to go next is just the area you haven't explored well, next. I, I like when you get to an area and you look at the map and it shows you you you, you can go this way and this way, but it doesn't show you like f- much farther. Right? Like, is it? Mm-hmm. A, Diablo does this too. Where I'm like, am I like, is this gonna take me somewhere or is it a dead end? You know, mm-hmm. and there's only one way to find out. Go. The thing, and that I think that's great. I struggle with what well, on these compared to like the Resident Evil maps that tell you like what doors are locked. Like, if I wanted to get into an area that is covered by the fog of war, I don't know if I have unlocked the thing that I need to get into that area. So I may True. try and walk over to that area, only to discover like, oh, I don't have the key of blah 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 to get in there which right i brought up uh i think metroidvania games are much better at this i brought up this Metroid was my dread specifically yeah so like with them wow it is massive with metroid games especially dread i think the map can be a little bit overwhelming uh just looking at it but they do tell you if a door is locked they tell you exactly the tool that you need to get in there. Like, mm-hmm. well, even if you haven't unlocked the, you know, item or not the item, the weapon yet to get through the door, it'll tell, it won't tell you the specific item, but it'll say like, oh, you can't access this door yet, which I love because I right. know like, okay, I need to come back to this later. So I'm going to go a different direction. And then once I do get that item that I need to open the door, the map updates like, oh, you have this item now. Hey, you can open this door. And I just, I love right. that. That is yes, extremely helpful. And the, the that was the next category it was essentially the the 2D side scrolling games like uh, Ori, Castlevania, Metroid. Like all those ones have a specific kind of look and feel Ori's to them, map. where you're just seeing yeah, Ori. Ori's awesome. I love these maps. Um, yeah, they are good. It's and it's literally just like a bisection of you know the areas that you're exploring because you're only seeing it from the certain angle. So it's kind of you know it's got its own kind of look and feel to it. Um, and then the last one, which I kind of wanted to give a shout out to, is games that come with physical maps. Fucking, oh, yeah. fucking props like, on you for putting something in. That's an old old PC R, uh, old PC RPG games would do that. My brother would get them, and I'd be like, "What is that? <laughs> this is Ultima Four or Five, and, whatever." I'm like. That is so cool. Can I just look at it? It might have been that DD article that he was talking about. Was talking about uh, Morrowind, I believe, where there are there are no map markers in the game. They just say like walk north, walk between these two trees, walk over to this pond, and then go south or something like that. Like there's you the map you are very reliant on. Um, Dude, I literally have a Skyrim map framed in my office right here on the wall. It's awesome. Like. I think The Witcher, they do it in a lot of the, the special editions. The Witcher mm-hmm. did it. GTA yep. did it. Like, when I was a kid, there was a PC game called Starflight, where it's essentially like No Man's Sky, except in the 80s. Um, I would say that Damn. No Man's Sky ripped off of Starflight. I've never heard of um, Starflight before. But it's a it's a literally a map that you have to unfold, and it's a map of the galaxy, and you have to, like, punch in coordinates from the map to, like, figure out where you're going to go, and you can... That's sweet. You know, we we always drew on it when we figured out like wormholes and jump points and stuff like that. Like physical maps and games, I think are very underrated in general. I think that is a great one to end on the types because it brings us back into. I was looking at maps just in general with humans, and and it's just it's it's up there with like taking the hand 
and putting it on a wall and throwing some like dust on it and like putting in imprints like i was once here mm-hmm. but i also think like maps are really good at showing yeah. where we have been though while we're here you know uh, we're, this urge to explore the world we go we've literally explored our entire planet now we're exploring mars in the moon like we just can't stop exploring stuff and i just think that is so cool so that was a great i haven't seen this i haven't seen this map in so long is this the starflight map that is the starflight map like and all those dots are solar systems like in like you know no man's sky or starfield you go to that solar system there may be four planets in there there might be five and damn scattered throughout here are all sorts of different uh wormholes where you can jump from like point to point and stuff like that and back in the 80s like you you could not play the game without this pack-in map that came with the game (laughs) (laughs) it's insane but that was the thing back then there were like games where you had to have the manuals like oh like tell me the code you're like well games were so simple they couldn't they couldn't put that shit in the game they needed to give you a physical thing to look at right I think uh, Indiana Jones, that infamous, horrible, shitty yes. Atari game, you needed the book. Or really? you, couldn't you, pl- have, you, you literally couldn't... couldn't play the game. Yeah. Oh, you shit. had no idea yeah. what the fuck was going on. Like, yeah. This one, I think they had a code wheel, which was like, you know, a wheel with a bunch of numbers over it. And you had another wheel yeah. on top of it that you t- turned to like see certain numbers and like to dock at any station. And this was kind of how they did their, um, I want to say to prevent piracy is because you needed this code wheel to dock at any station. This is kind of off topic, but whatever, but no, it's fine. Like, it's all about the experience. Like it, that, that pack in that came with the game was their piracy protection where like in order to walk, you know, to land on this planet or to dock with the station, you had to turn the code That's wheel cool. and figure out, punch in like a four digit code to like, it's insane. But like that, those physical things that come with the games is where I was kind of getting to. Um, I feel like that's something lost. You know, I think that is a very cool thing. I know we're so digital nowadays, yeah. and what digital has its strengths, but man, like you lose the oh my god, to do oh, stuff like that. let's talk about this. I had to bring Eric up the Pip Boy. Eric pulled up the Pip Boy. Ooh, I had this written down as uh, good games with bad maps. I don't know what to what to call this. Um, I like the I like the Pip Boy interface. I like the again, idea that it's of it. diegetic and it's yeah. you know in game, and you have. On the physical Pip Boy, it's a it's a map screen, but it's not the most useful map. No, ever because you're 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 kind of only using like a small portion of the screen to show it, and it's not in the best. It's not very. It's helpful to see like the general area of where you're going, but it falls into the same Bethesda like local map area where they've got layers stacked on top of each other and just the local the local maps are just horrible but you know the the UI of being diegetic and you're wearing your map on your fucking wrist or whatever yeah. I've got a I've got a pit boy up there on the wall um I remember man, using the it's tough because uh, when Fallout 4 came out they made uh, Bethesda made an, an app on your phone for the map that you mm-hmm. can actually like the pip boy they sold the pip boy with like just a case and you put your phone in the pip boy yeah you can use that's the, right. the map app they to, brought it to work yes. that one time i remember yeah there it is this beastie right here you slide your phone <laughs> in here slide your phone in yes and you could put it on you your wrist just wear that around while you're, the store while you're playing <laughs> fallout 4 you can just have your fucking you map screen your map on your on wrist, your wrist oh my and you can God. just but it only fits like uh, so cool. iPhone iPhone four and lower. Like I don't, right. I don't think they had like the big phones in plan. 
but at the oh, time it came out, right. I you thought that was the coolest the game thing. And have your phone right here and just like look at the map on your wrist while you're playing with your game on your. It's it's kind of a crazy. I bet thing your that... wife walked by and was like, "Wow, my husband is so cool. <laughs> oh, I am gonna do him so hard tonight. Oh my god, I know. that is fucking that is so hot." <laughs> Keep it on, though. Keep everything else off. (laughs) Keep it on. I want to feel that pit boy bump against me while we're doing it. Oh, my God. Put on the Master Chief helmet. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's that's a good call, though, Eric. The the Fallout one, it's it's a weird... But, hey, you know what? They're playing with it. It's fun. They back themselves into a corner with with using it. They've been using it since 3, 4. They use it in 76. Like... Yeah. It's not a great UI, but because you're only you're and this is more of a UI thing, but you're limited to you know, the things across the top and a tiny little portion of the screen yeah. that you're using to, you know, to do a lot of your inventory management and your map management and all that stuff. Like it's just the your role playing blame it on, your, right. it's blame it on the shitty you know, blame the it on the shitty technology. tech uh, yeah, blame it on the shitty technology of the world at the time. Where it's limited is. by the, the the in-game technology. But it's a whole it's a whole thing. I'm glad I'm glad you guys brought this up because now I get to finally use this for something other than just okay. sitting on my wall. <laughs> so I know one one of my favorites though is the Red Dead Two uh, map because it does a really smart thing. When you're far away, it, it the type like at first it looks like it's hand drawn and all that stuff. It shows you where you can go. Like if you go here, you're gonna have a bounty on you, and it's, it has some icons, but they're not they're not bad. Uh, but the thing that I think is genius is there's the small details, and when you zoom in on it, you'll see they'll they'll start showing up town names, air, like monuments and stuff like that, very small things. But as you zoom out, it it'll show you like the town or the region. And then farther, farther, farther until like it's just the region. And I just think that is really smart because like, yeah, you don't need to see every friggin' detail. Where like if I turn on Ubisoft, I was playing, I was playing um, Far Cry Primal. I was like, what is, I forget what they did. Good looking map, covered with icons. It's showing me all yep. the animals that live in all the different areas, just like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn with the different uh, robot dinosaur type things. It's just like, yep. I don't think I. I mean, I might need to know that, but right now. I don't think I need to know that. And it's just take it off and I, so I can see your beautiful map. But just the way they handled this, I think looking at Grand Theft Auto, I think is a like it's cool, but like it's not cool. I think this is a they great have to map. they have to be thematically and stylistically appropriate for the game. So this game taking place in the old west, like this looks like an old west map. Um you have Dead Rising, yeah. Eric? Yes. Dead Rising oh, God, yeah. is a fantastic map because it Ooh, takes no, most of them take place in the mall. Ooh, Another Dead, Dead Space game. is really good too. I did want to talk but, about that yeah. one. But uh Dead Rising in general takes place in the mall, so you have a map that looks like it's like a mall map, which is it looks something fun. you would see in the mall map, yeah. And yeah. they get they get better as the, as you go through where you know, two and three and all those, like, you know, the the timers in those games are whatever, but the the fact that it looks like something that you would see at a mall. Like thematically mm-hmm. fitting in with the game is a big important thing and you don't want to be hindered by it, but also you want to use it to your advantage when you're displaying, you know, map locations in your game. Dave, idea. Yeah. Malls were awesome in like nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety, right? Yeah. But I mean that was like peak, right? It was like what are you doing? Go to the mall, hanging out mm-hmm. the mall. You know? Going to the mall and hanging out, right? 
like maybe like there's another year but it was like the late 90s or i'm sorry late 80s kind of shit they should reboot dead rising and stop doing it in modern malls do it do a time can they do it in the 80s at peak you know i want to see like yeah i want to see mom jeans i want to see people on like hello jc pennies fucking I don't, yeah, I, see those old, yeah. <laughs> I only played the first Dead Rising. Mullet. Do they all take place in a mall? Uh, in I mean, or around last, a mall? Yeah. The last one. The I don't think three did. Three was more of a city, and I think you could go to the mall. Four was oh. a mall, but they had the bigger city as well, so you could go to the mall, but you could also go to the town okay. outside of it, Willamette. Um, four had a really good mall and map to go with it as well. Because there's yeah, different, that, yeah. different sections. Because the malls that they put in there are pretty badass. Like, it's like a fucking super mall that you're going I remember the first... Yeah. I remember being amazed by the first game. Like, just the fact that you could basically pick up anything and use it as a weapon. Like, that just, mm-hmm. just so blew my mind. Zombies it's on screen. so yeah. fun. I so played fun. the first one a couple of years ago, and it, the, even the first Shit one is still fun. fun. Yeah. Good game. It's, yeah. it's that time of year, and I will give a shout out to dead rising four is one of the most underrated holiday Christmas games out there because it has a, it has a okay. banging Christmas soundtrack to it. And it takes place in that, you know, it's like black Friday, Christmas time at a mall, Yeah, which is sounds like you have to do a stream Dave. So around the holidays, stream it up on the watch dead rising four. Yeah. It makes me want to check that out. Cause yeah, it, it dead rising is the perfect example of a game with a you know it's a it's a big ish mall but it's it's small enough where you can learn every corridor of the mall as you're exploring it like you don't at a certain point you don't need the map anymore you know the exact layout you know oh i need to go i'm in the court court. i know where that is (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it's funny that's good yeah, it's a relatable one. We've all gone to the mall, and you're like, oh, where do I go? Where's uh, J.C. Penney's? <laughs> Most of the time, it's where's the bathroom in true. this fucking place. It's, oh, really? It's always like, where's the food court for me? Food court, or um, bathroom's usually by the food court, too. So that's, you know, well, that's, the two let's for Let's just there. be, I wanted to make sure I shouted this out, too, but let's just all be thankful of the maps that we have now, because... As a child in the 80s, uh, I would play Bard's Tale, and that game had no map oh, boy and some oh. of the dungeons you would go through would be kind of like lost. crazy labyrinths and i remember having graph paper and having to like draw out the map on graph paper wow. in real world because they didn't give you anything in the game to kind of figure it out it's either you memorize this dungeon or you have to basically make your own map on you know okay graph paper is the easiest way to go back then but Bad times, times have changed. Yeah, since then they've some of the remakes they've actually added maps into the Bard's Tale games, which is really nice. Oh, so, okay. I should have brought way this up. easier to play with, but I should have brought this up earlier. But a map that I really appreciate is Tunic, um, oh, because Tunic, oh, so yes. Eric, I was gonna bring up like this game because it's very it's... reminiscent of what we were talking about earlier, where you need the instruction manual to play the game, and it's such a yes. smart idea. Of throughout this game, you're collecting the pages of the instruction manual, yeah. and you get pages of the like. There's no in-game world map. The map you collect no. the page for the map right. when you get to the area, and then oh, you have the map for the area. 
And it's so cool because you do have to use it like an instruction booklet. You don't know where you are on the map, but you have to look at the landmarks and figure out where to go. It's just such such a cool. I loved I loved tunic and, so and like great. It, it did a lot of those things that those menus would do where they would use that extra space on those pages to put other content. So they would put like enemy types. Hey, if you see this enemy, they don't like fire or like there's the, like handwritten notes in there to too. Like someone was scribbling yeah. in it. Oh, it's so cool. It just captured that 90s gaming on consoles like that Super Nintendo. Yeah, stylistically, it, it matches up perfectly with that. I remember uh what was it star uh, uh, star tropics thank you for the nes mm. specifically had a page in it where you had to like dip the dip the page in water to like get the code to, oh, to like, do yeah. something in the game there was something yeah, very about that. that's cool very specific about that but like game manuals something that we don't get anymore but uh tunic is uh, super super good callback to like those those times where you needed the game manual like something packed in with the game in order to the makers of this game, the game under understood that because there are there are secrets <laughs> yes. there are secrets in this manual that you need to figure out to progress in the game like and there's certain like some hidden things that you you need to go searching for like i won't spoil anything hmm. but it's it's yeah it's you awesome. finished this game right i did yeah it is so smart though because those things are in the game from the very beginning. Yep. And exactly. And like and you could do them at any point, but until you get the book to like actually yes. explain it to you, sometimes you so don't smart. understand mm. on how those things work. And it's it's very fantastic. Clever. Yeah, like one example like shout out to Tunic. There's like a thing you mm-hmm. need to activate by holding down A. But you see these things all over the place, you don't know how to activate them. So like like Dave said, before you got the actual manual piece to that tells you how to do that you could have done it if you just tried a bunch of different things but it's just so <laughs> smart so smart very cool hmm. oh hey before we it's not a long one but when we when we did our uh, vr games episode one of the games we all played together was uh the mini golf the vr yes. mini golf mm-hmm. and it's um yeah, so Eric's pulled up the visual here, and obviously this is something that it's way better when you're in yeah. VR, but it's it's so cool. So you imagine you're wearing this VR headset. You are on, you're in the game. You're playing putt-putt. I can see Eric. He's he's standing next to me. He feels like he's the same height as me. This is great. I feel like we're really at a putt-putt uh, uh, course. But if you want to pull up the map and look at all of the holes of the course... It pulls up the map, but it's in front of you, and you're like a giant to it. It looks like a toy. Dude, it's so cool. It's like a, like a little mini model in front so of you. It's so cool, because it's really it's, there. It's really it's, there, because I, if I can see pulled us. up my map screen, I could see Brandon waving at me, from, like tiny little Brandon waving at me from down on the course. Yeah. It's like it took your point of view and just pulled you out of your body and just threw you out like... Yep in the sky or something like that and you're just like a god looking into the map that we're on and it is i don't know the first time i did like whoa did not expect this and it's cool it's like one of the coolest experiences i've had in vr one of my (laughs) well i guess these both go hand in hand but a couple like the best experience in vr for me is either when you're a giant looking down on something tiny like this instance or where you're small and there's something huge in front of you 
Right. Like those are the two key experiences in in VR. Like just the sense of scale in VR is so right. Cool. Right. That's a really good point because that is a great feeling. But yeah, you get that in this freaking golf game. Just seeing just, this map makes um, me want to go play it again. <laughs> it was so just fun, the yeah. map. It was so fun. Yeah, it is fun. We should. I've been thinking about that. How it's getting cold up up where we live and. Uh, VR just feels better in the winter for me. I don't know why. Well, it lets you. Well, you can't go out and do anything outside, exercise. so you got to yeah. go in virtual space to do, do outside activities. Mm-hmm. Beat Saber. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I don't think I have any shout-outs, Really, those are we kind of hit on all of them. Yeah. Um, oh. But there's some that are more attractive. You just gotta you gotta pay attention. Like, it's a nice looking map. It's um, or maybe it's too useful. Like, you just gotta be. Just take a moment and just think about the gameplay in the map. Is it helping you turn off the icons? Is it is it doing this? Or maybe you shouldn't use it. Or maybe, no, you should use it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like you said there, Brandon, like, check your UI settings. Like, when you're in a game, like, always, like, you know, a lot of times you can turn off mini maps. Or you can turn off HUD, HUD elements and stuff like that. A lot of that yeah. does help in general with your in-game experience. Um, yeah, I'd, I I'd say, say that's different from the map, but like turn it off and then like as you play, I need to know that. Then add it. I'd say right. If you like, need it, then you add them. Like back the out. Zelda, the Zelda Pro UI is actually yes, really fun that. to play that's with for a little while. Bring up. Yep. Sometimes you need sometimes you need the mini map here and there, but like the the Pro UI. I gotta really try nice. this. I have not done. I've logged like 140 hours in this game and I have not done. It gets rid of all the junk on your screen. It just leaves your hearts. I think and that's really about it. That's it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, there's, like, the button prompts that tell you, you know, what what different things to do. But if you've played the game that long, you know all the controls, so you don't even need that stuff. That's a good point. Yeah, why am I... Meh. Okay. Yeah, but it definitely that. makes it more immersive, uh, for sure. I would say don't, don't rely on maps too much. And I feel like it's on the game designers as well to, again, I mentioned this before, but... The map should be there as a tool to aid your exploration. You shouldn't have to completely rely on it to, you know, get from point A to point B. So, like Dave said, you know, tweak your settings. If there is an option to turn off the minimap or, you know, whatever, just try it out and see how how it feels. Switch over to compass mode. Turn off that minimap. You don't need that minimap. You end up staring at that little corner of your screen for all while you're walking around all the time. Just, Mm -hmm. you know get in there and also developers just get the map with one button like you know don't make me do two to three button presses to get to the map just one oh, button dude. press that's all great I great point when you're hopping in and out of games trying to check out the maps and you're like crushing like 15 games in one night and you're like i got the skyrim and i love skyrim but man two button presses you have to hit that's two true. buttons to get to the gta 5 two button presses well that's the beauty like, of no, no, uh no. That's the beauty of playing on PlayStation. You always know the big touchpad in the middle when you click on it. That's going right. to be the map. Right. Always. Okay. Right. Yep. yep. And I like in Hogwarts, you can you, you can keep your finger there and slide around yeah. and like tap some of those things. Ooh. It's not that good, but it's still cool that the technology is there. You know, um, touchpad underutilized really on the, uh, right. the PlayStation controller. Fancy. Hey, fancy PS4 fancy. controller in general, like you know, it's um. I play a lot of on uh, games on Xbox, but when I was using the PS4 controller. I'm like, I like it. Those sounds. Uh, I like that. Like, I, the light aims away from me. Yes. 
Um, it's cool. Yeah, it's a good yeah, controller. Good control. And like when you're playing GTA and getting chased by the cops, the light bar on the front of it blinks blue and red. Like, you know, the cops are chasing you. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's freaking dope. Yeah. That, right. Oh, cool hey, one, one, one thing I want to, oh, I do want to say um, before we wrap up is um, I think it's a testament to our intelligence as, as people, because when, when you hop in a video game, right, you're probably going to know this is probably how you jump. This is what triggers are probably going to shoot something or whatever. Like you, you're acclimated to a lot of the, the controls that video games throw at you. Right. But you never know what that map is going to be. It's always a wild card. It, you never know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And they throw some new design, um philosophies at you and you need to sort them out and i just think that it's it's just impressive that like of all the games we've played and if you play a lot of video games you've probably experienced hundreds of maps in games and for your brain to look at that and re- and understand what is communicating you're taking a 3d world mm-hmm. and somehow putting it together in a 2d representation for somebody to understand and play in and have fun in and enjoy and maybe they have to come back or whatever or find like items or something like that and it's just just to open it up and be like, oh, okay, I see where I am. It's just, it's just interesting. And it's something I noticed when I looked at all these maps. I'm like, man, we really are asking us to like use our brains and. Uh, In general, they fall into one of those like five categories. Usually, it's like the 2D top down, the 3D, or you know, it's. There hasn't been. I mean, I this VR one is something that is kind of you know new. That you know is kind of a new design element i guess in vr but it falls into one of those usual categories and some are done a lot better than others so agreed yeah i feel like that would be like really cool in a strategy game where like everyone else is playing first person shooter but one of us is just up in there like kind of kind of like hey they're attacking on the left we need like defense you know chucker you know you have like a commander from a distance you know battlefield watching and battlefront Battlefront, you can stay up in the sky and see though. When you're waiting for I mean, when you you're waiting zoom, for a respawn, you're just kind of die. Do you guys have any closing comments on video game maps? Uh, um, no, I was I gonna say just I I prefer immersion in my games. So if it's diegetic, please keep it that way. Yeah. Um, that is usually the best way to keep you in the world and keep you like yeah. focused on the game, not bringing you out of it. And I'm eating snacks and stuff like that. Like keep it, keep me in your game world, please. Depends on the type of game. Like, I mean, yeah. we've, we've beat it to death, but obviously different map types lend themselves well to different types of games. First yeah. person mm-hmm. for sure. I prefer diegetic, but like a Metroidvania, uh, I, you gotta, I think it's, yeah. you gotta have that map screen. That's telling you, you know, where you can and yeah. can't go so it all it all depends on the the type of game um but mm-hmm. yeah good map design can sometimes make or break your experience uh with a game yeah they can be frustrating mm-hmm. yeah it can be yeah. for sure don't puke icons all okay. over my map either exactly Please. icon vomit no go i'm good all right <laughs> okay well that was that was video game apps um if we missed a video game that that you liked let us know in the comments wherever you're Please. experiencing uh our conversation and uh if they want to get a hold of us join our discord probably that's probably the best place the mo- most active place you'll find us the nomadsfantasy.com slash discord mm-hmm. um 
And other than that, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I really didn't know where this was gonna go. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely fun combo. Good research, everybody. All right, let's uh, wrap up this conversation and then go into Act Three, where I have a little game. It's just a little game. to, I don't know, stay in theme with the uh, conversation of maps, um, which it's really hard to, to find facts on, on, on this stuff, specifically uh, video game maps. So I'm just opening up to maps in general, oh just because I think maps are kind of cool. Cartography yep. quiz. Yep. Um, That's fun. So uh, I'm just going to call this... What map game? No. <laughs> it doesn't really have any. What map trivia? Like um, but uh, are we working together? You guys are be, against each other? You're working together. I like you. Sweet. I like you guys working together. We're gonna make this short and sweet. So, um, three questions. Good luck, guys. If you do, you get to go to cartography school. Ooh. Oh boy, learn to make Sounds our own like maps. Fun. I'm gonna be a geologist. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> okay, so your first, the first question, you should be able to answer this. You guys are smart. Who created the famous world map of Earth that we all know and use still to this day? Britannica. Is that it? Um, that sounds. That sounds. You're in. You're in accurate. like history class. You're sitting down. The teacher pulls down the map. <laughs> you see the map. You got. You know, well, North like America over here. My brother South has America. one of these. My brother has one of these at his house, like the full, the full pull down maps of. Yeah, things. you're taking a, a round Shit. object and you're putting it up in front of. On a 2D There's, thing, yeah. things are being stretched so it kind of accommodate for the shape that you're making. But what do you mean the Earth is flat? <laughs> but you know how, like, as more north you go or more south you go, things actually get stretched because it's supposed to be curving, but it's not. Right. So Greenland looks massive. But yeah, this isn't multiple Mechanica choice. Sounds no, because I thought this was an easy one. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. The, the uh, Google Earth. It's the what map? It's the the uh, world map. The no, Webster. <laughs> Is that Webster? No. <laughs> After he did the dictionary, he, he did, did the, the map. map of the world. <laughs> that guy knows everything. <laughs> Webster, he knew everything. I don't know on this one. Um, no. Okay, you want me to tell you? They'll give us a hint. You gotta, oh, yeah, yeah, it kind of gave starts us with hint. An, starts with an M. Starts with an M. Miriam, Miriam Webster. Webster. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it is the Mercator. Mercator. Oh, I don't think I would have gotten that. Ooh, that's tough. Remember that? No, I don't. The Mercator. He's the guy who just kind of figured out, like, yeah, you can just do it this way to show the world. But the problem is, is that a lot of people think things like Russia's really massive and all that right. stuff. Russia like, is pretty big. You know, it's like... It's big. It is big, but it's just it looks so big. But it's because you're just stretching the things up north because it should be curving up into a point on the yeah, top of the there's world. There's the map that looks kind of like a 
a W where it kind of like it <clears> right. only shows. So there's like things where they kind of cut and they slice it. So yeah. They, kind of yeah, yeah. they do a bit. So I listened to an excellent episode on the Stuff You Should Know podcast about maps. And I'm like, it was just, oh. I wasn't even paying attention to listen to an episode before and it ran into this one. And so we're talking about maps. I'm like, all right, next time I get up, I'm going to change this. I'm not listening to this episode. Well, I listened to the whole thing. It was really cool, <laughs> but they made a great point. It is impossible to make a map of the world just because it's one, always changing in shape and all that stuff. But just like to draw out this 3d thing on a 2d map is just hard to do you just can't well, do yeah. it so i it's just a really good, very interesting so i, hmm. I highly suggest, suggest okay. people to okay. check cool that episode out um okay well if next. that was the easy one now we're in trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're in trouble um but these are multiple choice to help you oh guys thank okay out. good yeah so the oldest known map of the world when oh. people first tried taking a stab at saying hey this is the world. Here it is, the whole thing. So, did they do? Oh, and it's called. And this won't help you, but maybe it will. Imago Mundi, Imago Mundi. And is that a person, or is that the name of the map? They've, that's the name of the map. Okay. Was this map drafted in sixteen hundred BC? Whoa! Seems way too early. 500 BC, 200 AD. Damn. I'm thinking about a lot of people didn't know shit. They had stars. They thought Earth was flat. But like, who? <laughs> a lot of people didn't know. You don't shit. know what was in front of you. But like, who was? When did we? When was the oldest known map where we said, "Hey, these people took a shot at drawing the, the what world was, map." What was option two? 500. BC, so was that the sixth century? BC, okay. No, what? No, it was, B, it was BC. BC right? is not a century. Really. Yeah, it's before the centuries. Oh, duh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sixteen hundred BC. Before centuries. <laughs> That's what BC says for. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I don't think they knew shit in BC. No, they knew shit. That was like the Chinese. They knew- Dynasty was in BC and shit. They knew some shit, but I don't know. Maybe five five hundred. I think B might be that's, the. That's what I was thinking. Five hundred BC. Because two hundred AD, 500? like they probably knew a bit more. But yeah, I think I probably, agree. I, Brandon said the first first shot at the right, map. So it probably was pretty shitty. Yeah, um, it was not a good map. I yeah five uh, hundred. Nah, I don't know. Five hundred sounds like he made that up. Now I'm just using my logic because he's like, oh, 16, well, if it was 1600, <laughs> if it was 1600, that sounds more believable. Then he's like, hmm, come up with 500 BC, but it's, I don't know, 1600 too early. It seems, it seems like that was a long ass time ago. All right, let's go. Let's go five. Five, five's good. Yeah. 500 BC is it's correct. Yeah, hey, okay. nice. It's the Babylonian map, nice. The Mago Mundi, mm. Babylonians. I'd like to see yeah. this okay. map. What was it called? Yep, you can you can um, Imago. So it's like the word image, but instead of an e at the end, put an o. Mundi, M U N D I, and it's just a circle with like another version. circle and just like things. But yeah, there's a um. But the guy at the time took the a shot. Oldest at, surviving map. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, this so, map sucks. Cool. Yep. But at the time, for a human being to think about that and think about, I don't know. It, he also thought that the world was a globe. He didn't think it was flat. I was going to say, it is a circle. Like, Europe's at the top and yeah. Ethiopia's at the bottom, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Greece is essentially, like, the middle of the world. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. And that's where everybody starts. You think you're the center of the universe. That's how it went down for science for a long time. Okay, last question, guys. So, Owen one. What year has the first map with the word America written on it? 1776. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you I will give you dates. 1494. 1507, 1520. So when did we discover, when did West, when, when did the East discover the West? 1492, Columbus sailed yes, the ocean blue. We all blue. know yeah. that. Okay. Yes. So, so 1492. 1492. Yeah. So was it 1494, uh-huh. 1507, or 1520? Well, How soon were they able to start? Columbus didn't the word think he was America. in America. Columbus didn't think he was in America when he first well, got America there. Well, America didn't so. have a name, right? You know, it wasn't like, hey, I found America. Oh, that's where it was. Well, right. Like somebody yeah. at some point put. But when when did somebody say, hey, that land over there, America? When did like they call it America? It's got to be one of the. Seems too it's recent. too quick. Like, yeah. he wouldn't have been able to get back to Europe to, like, be like, <laughs> yo, dudes, this is fucking America. He's going to look like. Right. What do you want to call like, it? Yeah. 1494 oh. seems too soon. And, like, America, there's, like, a person's no... name, I think, too. There... I think it was just a guy's name. He just wrote down his name on it. John it America? It, I think. And there's North, I think, North and... I think it was just... John America. And there's North and South America, so, like, it could be... Good point. You know... And technically, Columbus discovered more of the southern part of America. Right. Of the... So, what was the... Yeah. All right. So, 1494. Okay, okay. Two years after discovering it. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Dave makes a great point. It does. It was a voyage. You got to go there, hang out, and then come back. Um, and then word travel, get out there and slap a name on and stuff. Uh, 1507, so about 15 years <laughs> later, you know. Um, and then 1520. Hmm. It's got to be one of those 15s. Almost yeah, 30 years later. 15s. I'm almost thinking that it's 1507 because that's about, you know, you get there, you come back, you tell people, yo, I found this <laughs> tell new people, place. tell people, yo, bring some yo, other people back. I found this new place. Check it out. Uh, 1507 or 1520. Mm. Is, like, did it really take them, like, 28 years to, like, be like, yo, this is America? Well, after 15, <laughs> 15 years. Again, again, it's not that they discovered the land and getting the word out there, but it was calling yeah. it America and labeling it America on, on a map, map and then right. saying, "Hey, everybody, that over there that we found, America." Listen, it could it could take a America. back back then. It probably took a while to fucking <laughs> make a map, you know, and name a landmass. I don't know. I give you. I'll give you a hint. It was not fourteen ninety four. Well, yeah. we already knew. Well, that. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 50-50 shot. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a, a strong opinion on. I'm leaning one. towards the fifteen oh seven. I don't. I think by the time they got back, they're like, "Yo, we're gonna okay. we're gonna take some more boats over here." Uh, where are we going? We're going to America. And so, there just happened right. to be a guy named John America that said, yeah. "This is America now." 
Sure. That's ex- basically. I'm sure he was probably French or Italian. No, that's exactly how it happened. I don't know, man. Yeah. Mark. <laughs> uh, I right, would go with 1507. So, let's go with 1507. 1507. 1507. Locking in. Final answer. And the correct answer to that question was. 1507. Yeah! Let's go. Very smart. Big brains. That's it. That was it. Three questions. So Mercator, uh, the Babylonians is 500 BC, and America was on a map for the first time, we think. 1507. In 1507. Which I think is actually pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. I think that's pretty... You know, think about it. Just that's like why I was debating like, whether it was... Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like, well, I was leading towards 1520. Things, things, things were a process back then, you know, right? Naming stuff, but it is like maps. a big deal. Like, but think about it. Like, like what happened? Well, they were going to another country, India, I believe it was, or China, right? But you see, apparently they found a whole other continent out there. Just imagine, holy I couldn't shit! Imagine like, like that must have been like, well, the, like oh my god, well, they thought they were gonna fall off the fucking part of our planet. Yeah, they thought they were gonna fall off the fucking edge of the world if they sailed too far. Well, in the, no, I don't think. The ocean. I think no, I think they. Well, they it was did. Round. That's why they were scared to to go. That's why Columbus took the voyage. No, is that really the? Yes. Is that really why? Yes. I mean, I know they're religious, but like, I think they were pretty smart enough back then. Not everybody thought the world was flat. They didn't know what the fuck was over there. They, 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 just, didn't, they didn't fucking know. They're dumb. They thought India was over there. They're dumb. <laughs> no, they thought if you kept going, you would find. No, they knew it was round. They would like if you. Kept, they just didn't know that like if you kept going in this massive ocean, you'll find another continent. They didn't know crazy? it was over there. <laughs> well, clearly they didn't because they discovered America. All right, you got me. Well, yeah. All right. Anywho, I don't know. Not a history lesson. I. I don't know this. Stuff. I'm just yanking um, your chain. Educated. Okay, so Columbus's day knew quite well that the Earth was not flat but round. Yeah, from the Washington Post. Well, I'm talking. I'm not talking about the well-educated. I'm talking about the dumbasses. <laughs> dumbasses <laughs> in the boat. <laughs> well, dumbasses today also don't know shit. And There's uh, well, some people still think the world is flat, so that doesn't mean anything. The flat earthers in are coming out now are just like mind-boggling. Like I don't know. It's insane. It must be a joke, and I just don't get it. I because to think that it's not a joke. People are dumb. I would if you're a yeah. flat earther listening to our podcast, we want you as a guest on the show. I would love to nah, pick your brain. I, don't know if I do. I, that would be. Yeah, <laughs> that would be, be doing an Eric anime with you. <laughs> I'm just so curious what your what your thought process is, but hey, do oh. each of their own. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, seriously, go on YouTube. They they believe in. I think I would wild, just get too angry. Wild, wild stuff. It's fascinating. Whatever. But anyhow, that's not what we're talking. We're talking. This episode was dedicated to the great people who made awesome maps. Thank you that's for right. making those really mm-hmm. good ones. And uh, the ones that were icon bombing and doing all that stuff, slapping your hands. Don't do that anymore. Please stop. Ubisoft, we're looking at. As long as there's options to turn that stuff off, it's sort of excusable. But still, fine. Not well, great. Prompt me when I open up the map. Yeah. So let me know. Yeah. Okay, that is it. Thank you, guys. You're going to enjoy cartography school. Yeah, awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Go draw your backyard or something. Like that. My mouse pad right in front of me is a giant Middle Earth map as well. So. Oh, shit. Dude. Yeah. So you know, the, 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 I, would, I don't know if they have this for Star Wars. We don't really know 
official maps of any of the worlds in Star Wars, but we do know Lord of the Rings, right? Like, aren't they locked? Like, I know Game of Thrones definitely has a, an official map. Like, it's down to, like, the, the detail. But mm-hmm. when I love that. But video games is another great place because you, you have to play in it, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like, that map is the map. So if you really like that map, it's not going to change. You know, where, like, Star Wars, I don't, I don't know what Tatooine really looks like. It's not really mapped out. It, they call it a desert planet. If the whole planet's a desert planet, Makes no sense. There's no biomes you in know, Star Wars. No it's sense. just like desert planet, cold planet, yeah, water planet, city yeah. planet. Like, yeah, that's it. Right. Well, they don't call We label it that from the movies, from the scenes. But it, it's silly to think that Tatooine is just a whole planet that's just a desert. There would be no oxygen. There needs to be some kind of life to create. Well, I guess it. Why well, I don't know why I'm talking. About we can't this. get into this. Now. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're at the yeah. End of the where am I going? Polar ice caps. <laughs> you know, who knows? What yeah, the fuck's going knows? on on Tatooine? Anywho, oh, let's man. end this. God All damn it. Right, here, I'm running us along. Fuck out of here. Close us, close us out of here. All right. Well, if you want to uh, get in contact with us, we are at the Nomads of Fantasy on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our TikTok at the Nomads of Fantasy. Um, you can go to our YouTube channel again to watch this video, see some cool maps at youtube.com slash at nomads of fantasy, join our discord, the nomads of fantasy.com slash discord, play our game, whatmapgame.com. Yeah. Ooh, yes, please. Guess some video game maps. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I got for you this week. So with that, safe travels, nomads. <laughs>